Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-roading communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear, and Rigid Industries Off-Road Lighting. Own the night with Rigid. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, for the uh, some of you, hopefully, the seventeenth time that you've been back to listen to our podcast, I cannot believe we have uh, done this many. Uh, it's it's awesome. I'm I'm stoked. I can't believe how many listeners we've had. Uh, yesterday we hit two thousand. Um, I know that probably doesn't seem like a lot comparative to other podcasts probably, but man, that is a, a huge feat for me and never thought that it would get to this point. So that is pretty exciting. And I hope that you guys have been enjoying this as much as I have. It's, it's been pretty fun actually to share these experiences and places that we've seen and, you know, just uh, encourage you guys to get out there and do the same thing that, that we have done and that we'd love to do. So, um, yeah, please, please tell your friends, uh, your overlanding or um, off-roading friends about this podcast. I'm so thankful for that and the support that you guys have given us. And um, we're just going to continue to move forward. And hopefully we get more listeners. It's actually been, uh, over time, it's just been increasing and increasing and increasing. I look at the graphs and stuff and uh, it's just mind-blowing to me. So Super stoked on that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely. So today I am going to share with you guys some of my most fond experiences and some not so fond experiences that I've had with my family in the Grand Canyon. And uh, actually one, only one not so great memory, but the rest of them have actually been awesome. It's one of my top three places to go out of anywhere we've been. It's just full of 
sightseeing and trail running and I mean, hiking, you name it. There's, there's so many rad things to do there and you just got to make sure you go to the right places to experience it in the right, the right place in the right way, I guess. And I'm going to share those, those things that uh, we've experienced in the places that we've camped and hopefully you guys will get to do the same thing and hopefully it'll, it'll be just as enjoying for you. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. So the first thing that I want to talk about is how to get there. Um, you take the 15 out of Los Angeles or you know San Bernardino north to the I-40, which goes into Arizona. And you can also take the 10 out uh, into Phoenix and go north that way too, but it takes way, way longer. So if you guys are in the Southern California area, um, at least from where I'm from, uh, just jump on the 15, take it north, I-40 east, and just take it past the town of Williams, which is where the Polar Express Railroad is that you can take your kids to. And it's actually the Grand Canyon Railroad right there. You can take that that railway all the way into the Grand Canyon Village or the Polar Express, uh, which is really cool for the kids and the whole Santa thing in the wintertime, which is a pretty awesome experience for them. And, and it's pretty fun for you too, actually, for the adults. Uh, everybody gets dressed up in pajamas and the whole nine yards and, and, uh, and does that whole Polar Express thing. It's, it's pretty rad. But anyways, you go past Williams and then um, you get off the freeway and you go north on, I believe it's the 64. And that'll take you all the way up into the Grand Canyon South Rim. There is a little town that you come to eventually and I can never pronounce the name right. It's like Tussayan, Tussayan or Tussa, I don't know. <laughs> I give up. But you're going to go through that little uh, town right as you get into South Rim. And there's an airport there where they do all the uh, helicopter tours and all that stuff. And right after the airport, there's a roundabout. And that is the start of a pretty awesome trail that you can either take to the right or to the left. And that'll take you out to some awesome dispersed camping areas, which I will... Uh, talk about in a moment. So you're going to come to a first roundabout um, and you're going to go into this little town. There's there's shopping there, some some lodges and uh, some little stores and, you know, uh, pizza joints and stuff like that, which is cool. Um, and then you're going to come to another round, roundabout and then keep continuing north on that road, which is a 64. And you'll eventually hit the South Rim uh, gate and you'll pay, I think it's 35 bucks for the day or whatever. And uh, you you pay there and you can get into Grand Canyon. And it's absolutely epic. I, I cannot even imagine the first settlers or people that have, you know, that came through here and uh, or came through the Grand Canyon and, you know, saw that for the first time. It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing, unbelievable. I, I can't even put it into words. It's, it's unbelievable. I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, these guys like coming out there and trucking through the forest and maybe like, you know, it gets dark and they're like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't even know where we're going. We're just going to keep trucking forward and heading north and they, they bed down and it's dark. And then the next morning they wake up and maybe they, they couldn't see anything. And the next morning they wake up and there's the Grand Canyon sitting right in front of their eyes. Like, can you imagine that? I mean, how unbelievable of an experience that would be 
a lifetime experience for them. Like, just like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, thank God we didn't keep walking during the night. <laughs> We'd have fallen off a cliff, like literally. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It is a very cool place to go. But one of my favorite places to camp, and I want to talk about that first and where to camp and kind of how to get settled uh, before you start exploring. As far as the glamping, there's a ton of campgrounds. There's uh, Mather Campground, which is actually in the Grand Canyon Village, um, right there in the, uh, the main little town you come to uh, before you get into the park. There's a bunch of hotels, holiday inns, and all that kind of crap. But you know me, I don't like to do that. I am a dispersed camping type guy, um, and so is my family, and we enjoy that. So right there when you first get into town, you can either make a left or right at that first roundabout. If you make a left, that's Long Jim Loop, and you can take that around, um, and it connects up to the 64 up farther past town there. Uh, Again, it's just a big loop. But um, if you keep going through that roundabout and don't make a left there and go through town and then there's a second roundabout, right after the second roundabout is the other entrance to Long Jim Loop and that's a better way to go. You can go left there and you can take that in and it's super crowded right there usually. But what's awesome is there's some offshoots that you take to the, um, to the north off of Long Jim Loop and you go back into the forest and it's super awesome back there. The only experience that I've, a negative experience that I've had back there is some, just I think because it's close to town and stuff, is there's some been some partiers and some people back there that we've had to clean up after and, and put their fires out in the morning after they uh, had a little binge. Um, but most of the time that I've been out there, it's been pretty chill. Um, but at that first roundabout, when you first come into town, just after you pass the airport, uh, there is another road that's called, uh, I think it's the 302 and it just goes out in the middle of the forest and there's a ton of camping out there too. So, um, you know, there's, there's dispersed camping all around the, the uh, main town right there. Um, which is awesome. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. There is more dispersed camping as you get into the park, you go through South Rim gate, the entrance, uh, South, South Rim entrance, I guess it's called. And you go through and head north on the 64 and um, you're going to go take it to uh, Desert View Drive. And Desert View Drive goes out to the east end of the park out to this awesome spot called uh, Desert View Watchtower. If you've never been there, it is insane. I love that spot. But on the way out there, there's another road that's called Coconino Rim Road. And it goes off of Desert View Road uh, and takes you down like south of that road into the forest. And there's a bunch of dispersed camping out there, too. And usually everybody out there is super chill and respectful. Um, It's kind of far out there uh, from town, so you don't get a lot of the riffraff out there, which is rad. There's also out that direction, uh, the Grand View Lookout, which is a really cool place to check out. So if you are going to do that, definitely um, make time and go to the, uh, Grandview lookout, which is just out in the middle of the forest. I believe it's a fire lookout, um, is what it was originally designed for. But, um, yeah, if you keep going east on desert view road along the rim there, it'll take you to that watchtower. And there is 
a bunch of really cool viewpoints on the way there that are so worth checking out. The the drive is a little long, but it's so worth it. Um, you know, once you get to the watchtower out there on the east end, it's it's insane. It just hangs off the cliff, and you can just see everything. You can see the river, the Colorado River down there, and Comanche Point, and a bunch of other other awesome uh, places to see. So definitely check that out. And there's uh, one really cool thing to do when you're in the Grand Canyon also that I'll talk about later. So um, yeah, so as far as dispersed camping, um, the uh, Long Jim Loop, the Coco Nino Rim Road, uh, Rowell Road, which is west of town, west of the village, is another really cool trail that you can take um, out of town there. And there's some awesome camping off of that road as well. And then there's the 328, which is another trail that goes from the Grand Canyon Village west. And it it just goes forever. Uh, I haven't even driven it as long as it goes. I think it it ends up dropping you into uh, like Havasupi Falls and and um, some other places and, and uh, hiking trails. But man, it's, it's way, way out there. So uh, the 328's really cool place to, to explore. But, um, you know, like I said, I haven't even driven at the... The, the whole way. So I don't know where it ends up, but, um, I think it kind of just dead ends, but there are trails everywhere around, um, the Grand Canyon National, uh, Park Airport, uh, Tusayan or whatever that little town is right there. I can't even pronounce it. Like I said, I'd probably sound like an absolute idiot when I try and pronounce it, but there's a bunch of trails around there and, and dispersed camping anywhere, every, pretty much everywhere. Um, there are some designated camping sites with hookups and the whole nine yards. Once you get into the park, you go through the South Rim entrance. And um, instead of making that right on Desert View Drive to go to like the watchtower, you just continue on the South Entrance Road, which is the 64, and it will take you into the village. And the village has like um, the Grand Canyon Railway, Bright Angel Lodge, Thunderbird Lodge. It has like, um, you know, all the all the the stuff in the village that you would want you know the the shopping and campgrounds and there's actually this lodge called the uh, Maswick Lodge and one of the most awesome things to do when you're at the Grand Canyon at sunset is to go order pizza at that lodge and you take that pizza with you back down into um, where you came in the entrance there and you go on Desert View Drive, like you're going to the Watchtower, and you take that around to a spot, a spot called uh, the Grand View Point, and that is like a almost like a locals known spot where people take their their pizzas and they go to the Grand View uh, Point, and it is awesome. There's like a a parking spot right there, a parking lot. And then you take your pizza out onto the rim and everybody like sits out there at sunset and eats their pizza. And it is like one of the coolest experiences I think I've, I've ever experienced it. I don't know. There's just something about it. It's just a really cool thing to do. So, uh, yeah. So in the village, Maswick Lodge um, is where you get the pizza or you, there's a pizza joint in town too. You can get pizza at um, and you grab that and just take it out there to Grandview Point And it's insane. So yeah, that's uh, as far as, you know, right there uh, in the, the main little village there in the Grand Canyon, that, that's, uh, that's pretty much it about camping there. Uh, we've, we've come across 
people that have left fires going and, and there's been like wind events that, you know, that the next day that we've been trucking around on these trails and come across these fires. And, and, uh, we've one in particular, actually a super windy day. We were off of a road, uh, out by the, uh, Apache stables off the 328, which comes off the main drag there that goes up to the, the South Rim entrance. And we were just, uh, you know, exploring out there one day and we came across a, uh, a campfire that was actually getting into the brush and it was probably like, I don't know, 40, 50 mile an hour gusts. And thank God we came across it. We thank, thank baby Jesus. <laughs> we had water on the rig and we got out with shovels and we put the fire out and made sure it was out, cleaned it up real good and uh, probably kept um, a fire, a major fire from rolling through there. Thank God. So, um, you know, always have your head on a swivel and make sure you guys put your fires out properly. If you're not sure how to do that, please contact me and I will teach you how to do that. Um, drown them with water. I mean, make sure your campfires are out. That's how most of these vegetation fires start in the forest and stuff that I, that we go on as firefighters is people just being stupid and not putting their fires out. So yeah, um, another crazy thing that we had happened to us out there uh, was it was the end of spring, beginning of summer that we were out there with some friends and we were camping right there next to the village and uh, it got freezing cold. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I mean, I'm talking like 20s, low 20s. And we had a friend of mine that brought a buddy of his out with him. Um, my buddy Brandon came out and if you guys haven't checked out, uh, his business yet, it's called Topo Terra and they rent out camping trailers and trucks like overland trucks and RVs and all sorts of uh, rad stuff. They're out of San Diego. And he came out with us this, this, uh, particular time and it got super freaking cold out. I mean, it was epically cold and I'm from the mountains. I mean, I'm, I'm a mountain bred and raised kid. And, uh, I was cold. It got down to like, I think 24 degrees. Uh, poor Jetta that same night. I, it was one of my, um, least favorite parenting moments. Uh, I just felt absolutely horrible afterwards. We were sitting around the campfire and a, the, the, the campfire wood that we had, you know, the wood that we got in town that night, uh, was was super sappy and full sap and stuff and and uh, really poppy. And she was sitting next to the campfire with me and uh, one of the pieces of wood popped and a firebrand about the size of my thumbnail uh, fell into her collar of her hooded sweatshirt and just started burning the hell out of her neck. And if you know my daughter, she is deathly afraid of insects and flying insects, spiders and you name it. And she thought a spider or something was biting her. And I was telling her, like, calm down, calm down. I was trying to get her to calm down. She was screaming bloody murder. And uh, I felt so bad for 
yelling at her and being frustrated with her afterwards because, you know, eventually we found that firebrand burning in her neck. Luckily, it didn't like burn it so bad that it blistered, but the poor thing got burned pretty bad. And uh, I just felt like an absolute horse's ass afterwards. And um, gosh, just not one of my more proud moments. Um, but you know, she just blows everything out of proportion with insects. And so I thought that she had, and, and, um, yeah, so that wasn't good, but anyway, she ended up being okay. And that night we froze our butts off my, my (laughs) Brandon, my buddy that was with us, his friend that was with us as well, uh, got so frozen in his tent that night that (laughs) I guess like his, I, I don't know, his face was just frozen off and his pillow was like a rock the next morning it got so cold so it was miserable but I've camped out there a ton uh before that and since then and and it has not been that way I don't know just that time of year make sure you guys go at the end of summer and not at the beginning of summer I guess is my recommendation (laughs) in that way um but yeah we uh we liked camping out out uh off gym loop um and that that particular area there one night we were coming back to camp and we had been out hiking and playing around exploring all day it was just robin and uh myself and our dog we didn't have jetta or or Bodie with us and uh we came into into camp and I didn't leave any lights on our trailer. We had a camping trailer like the Smitty built scout trailer with a rooftop tent on top of it. I leave, didn't leave anything on. Obviously, you know, we're just coming into camp and just turn lights on when we get there. And we pulled in, didn't see anything. I get out. My dog comes around. We have a Alaskan Husky and uh, Luna comes around and she's super chill. She's such a timid dog, but man, when, when she is worried about something or, you know, something happens or it's a threat, it's on like Donkey Kong. She has a, this instinct and just like someone flips a switch. She's like the most awesome camp dog. She just has, has been an amazing uh, guardian for us out there with, uh, you know, sketchy wildlife and stuff. But I knew if the, the hair on the back of her neck stood up and she was, you know, focusing on something in this pitch dark that I needed to be worried. And luckily I, I carry a firearm with me everywhere we go and in every situation. And so I was locked and loaded, ready to go to town with that thing. If I needed to, um, I shine my light up and there was the biggest elk I have ever seen. The thing looked like a freaking moose. <laughs> and, uh, right before I shine the light, we heard this big, branch snap and I was like oh my god what is this thing out there holy crap we're gonna get eaten alive um and uh, it was just elk and it didn't give a flying crap that we were there and just chilled and was like hey what's up (laughs) and ended up just walking away a few minutes later but man it scared the bejesus out of us um and uh it's funny on the way back to camp one time when Jetta was with us we were driving down the uh, south entrance there back to camp and Jed was like, daddy, I just saw a moose. And I'm like, you didn't see a moose. There's no moose in this area. She's like, I swear. I just saw a moose. I'm like, Jetta, it wasn't a moose. She's like, daddy, I'm telling you. And about another mile down the road, there was all these cars parked over on the, the shoulder and they were taking pictures of something. I'm like, what is going on here? I couldn't even get past them. So we stop and I look over and there's an elk the size of this one I'm talking about that looked exactly like a moose. I mean, if you didn't know your animals, you'd think, oh, my God, that's a moose. Like I was like, OK, Jetta, 
I'm sorry. I apologize. My bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, these are big animals. My God, they're huge. So, you know, you're out there camping in the wilderness. There's, there's all sorts of animals you've heard in some of the other podcasts about our some of our bear experiences and, and other things, coyotes and things. And uh, you just got to be careful and respect the animals. And I mean, this is where they live. This is, you know, we're uh, encroaching on their habitat and their, their, um, their home. So um, just be on the lookout. Uh, so yeah, that was a, that was a crazy experience. Um, but man, as far as trails, there, there are trails all around the village there, uh, you know, you can pretty much take trails all the way from Williams, all the way up to the Grand Canyon, all off road. There's a trail called the 328 that goes forever and heads West from Grand Canyon, South Rim village, and just goes out in the middle of the freaking nowhere out there. I haven't even driven the whole, whole thing. I think it actually dead ends into the Havasupi falls, um, area, which you can't drive into. Um, but it goes for a long ways and there's a lot of cool things to see out there. Um, you can drive on uh, Row Well Road, which uh, goes along the railroad tracks from the Grand Canyon Railway from the village down to uh, the inner workings of the forest down there um, south of, of the village, which is a really cool trail. A lot of fun and um, just some really neat things to see. But one of the coolest places to go to, in my opinion, if you're, you know, trucking around, obviously, obviously Mather Point and Grandview Point, like I talked about. Um, but gosh, the um, Desert View Watchtower off of Desert View Road that's on the far east side of the park is incredible. I mean, you can see Comanche Point and all sorts of rad stuff from there. It's a, it, I believe a, a Native American woman built it. And she's built a couple buildings in the area there. And it's just an epic place to experience. You can actually walk up. Most times it's open. You can walk up the staircase up into this tower and overlook the rim. And the the, the views up there are absolutely beautiful. Just breathtaking. You know, you I don't know. I'm I'm you know, I'm one of those outdoor people and I love that that kind of scenery. But it when you see that for the first time you just have no words. It's such a massive, massive Canyon in the ground. It's just unfathomable. I mean, you're just like, how the hell did this river work this out of the ground and erode all of this, uh, over time to make this happen? So cool. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend checking out the grand Canyon it is just a, a, a really neat place to experience just emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it. Um, on the way out to the watchtower there too from the village, there's just some amazing spots to check out and stop and, and like overlooks and viewpoints and stuff. Um, like I said, the ground view point there where we had pizza for the sunset, um, that's on the way out there. And um, if you guys want any coordinates to any spots, feel free to contact me. I would love to hook you up with some of, uh, some of our favorite places to camp out there. Um, and, uh, you'll just have an amazing experience with your family. Like I said, in the village, there's all sorts of things to do and to see. And like I said, the, uh, the Grand Canyon railway railway is there. There's, um, some parks and, and just some really neat places to, to go with your family. Um, there's some lookout 
buildings like a gift shop and studio right there uh, in the village by uh, Bright Angel Lodge. There's Bright Angel Trailhead. Just so many cool places to, to go to and to see. So anyways, that is what I got for the Grand Canyon. Uh, there is way more to it than that, but I would recommend that you check it out yourself and find some new places to experience and just enjoy. So you guys have a great rest of the week and I'm going to go to sleep. It is 1am. Thank you for listening. Love ya. Take care. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.